Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Stay with us, Lord, for it is evening. Let your light scatter the darkness. Joyous light of glory. first lesson is from Genesis chapter 3. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. 
This is the word of the Lord. O wisdom, proceeding from the mouth of the Most High, pervading and permeating all creation, mightily ordering all things, come and teach us the way of prudence. Second lessons from Genesis chapter 22. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in your offspring... Shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. This is the word of the Lord. O Adonai and ruler of the house of Israel, who appeared to Moses in the burning bush and gave him the law on Sinai, come with an outstretched arm and redeem us. 
third lesson is from Isaiah chapter 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken, as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord. O root of Jesse, standing as an ensign before the peoples, before whom all kings are mute, to whom the nations will do homage, come quickly to deliver us.
fourth lesson is from Micah chapter 5. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. O key of David and scepter of the house of Israel, you open and no one can close. You close and no one can open. Come and rescue the prisoners who are in darkness and in the shadow of death.
Fifth lesson is from 2 Samuel chapter 7. Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more, as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. In accordance with all these words and in accordance with all this vision, Nathan spoke to David. This is the word of the Lord. O day spring, splendor of light everlasting, come and enlighten those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death.
The sixth lesson is from Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. O King of the nations, the ruler they long for, the cornerstone uniting all people, come and save us all whom you formed out of clay. seventh lesson is from Luke chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, 
the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made, no, hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. O Emmanuel, our King and our Lord, the anointed for the nations and their Savior, come and save us, O Lord our God.
Christmas is the feast of the incarnation of our Lord. We celebrate God coming into the flesh as a human being, as a human man. And some things about the incarnation had to be just so. They had to happen. They had to take place in the way and the manner and with the people that they did because it was prophesied. Because God had promised his people, his Old Testament Israel, that this would happen. The biggest one, of course, is the lineage. The Messiah, the Christ, Jesus, had to be born into Abraham's family, had to be a blood descendant of Abraham, because God promised Abraham, as you just heard, that from his offspring, God would bless all the nations of the earth. It's also true that this Savior had to come, not from just any of Joseph's sons, but from Judah's descendants. The scepter would not depart from Judah's family until the Christ was born. And also you've heard tonight and so many other times that yes, the Messiah had to be a blood descendant so many generations later of King David, who would be one of David's sons, one of his greater sons, greater than all of the sons that he produced in his own lifetime, and his throne would be established forever. It was also true concerning the Lord's promises of the Christ Things concerning his own conception. He had to be born of a woman so that he could indeed be man. Man to save man. Jesus had to take on himself. God had to take on himself that which he would have redeemed. Human flesh and blood. But it is also true that he could not have a human man as his father. But must have God alone as his father so he would not himself inherit our original sin. He had, of course, to be born in the little town of Bethlehem to fulfill the prophecy that was given through Micah. These things had to be because God said they would happen and God is not a liar. But there is another aspect of the incarnation, another aspect of Christmas that had to be. And this one is not because of a direct and clear prophecy, but this one is because It just fits so well. There's a lot of angel appearances surrounding Christmas, aren't there? Think about it. You have, first of all, long before there were birth announcements, there were conception announcements, right? You have the angel Gabriel visiting visiting Zechariah the priest and saying, your wife Elizabeth, even though she's a little up there, she's going to bear a son who's going to himself be the forerunner of the Christ. You have the angel Gabriel visiting Mary, not long after this, and telling her that she was going to give birth to the same Christ that John the Baptist would prepare the way for. You have an angel, though unnamed in Matthew, you could call him Gabriel, that's fine, coming to Joseph and telling him that yes, her wife was pregnant, but it was from the Holy Spirit, and he should name him Jesus because he would indeed save God's people from their sin. There is the high point though of angels visiting that comes not before Christmas but on Christmas night itself as we just heard in the last lesson. Outside of Bethlehem that night that our Lord Jesus Christ, God incarnate, came into the world, you have shepherds out there keeping watch over their flock by night. The graveyard shift, the shift that nobody wants, the shift that you have If you just started with a company and you haven't got the clout, leverage, or the influence, 
to get a reasonable shift and holidays off. Well, there they were. And the angel comes and says, Fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for you and all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And after they give this message, there suddenly, as we know so well, a whole company of heavenly hosts with them, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. See, others knew about Jesus coming. They knew about him coming before he was born, thanks to the angel's message. They had the preview of it. But the shepherds, well, they got the privilege of the first news. Outside of the holy family itself, the first news after the fact, God had come into the world. And it is very just, fair, right, and good that that news was delivered first to those shepherds. You see, long before John 10, what we call John chapter 10, was written, in which John records Jesus' words about himself being the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep, the people of Israel, they knew about God being the good shepherd. That was not a foreign image to them. It was not an illustration, a metaphor that they had no experience with. Ezekiel promised it. He said, on behalf of the Lord, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down. And he goes on to talk about the care that God would provide as a shepherd to his people. Earlier than that, probably the, one of the very few psalms that most of you could quote from heart if you were put on the spot to do it, the 23rd psalm, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And then on top of all of that, as again you heard earlier this evening, you have King David himself. The man through whom Christ would come, the man whose lineage would have a throne established forever and peaceful rule. That man, was before all of it started, before he was coronated king, he was a shepherd himself. When the prophet came to Jesse, his father, and said, bring out your sons, one of them is going to be king. Jesse did bring out his sons, but so lowly and unimportant was David, one of his sons, that he didn't even bring them out. He brought out the older ones, lined them up, and Samuel got through. Well, where's the last one? Well, he's out watching the sheep. He's tending to his duties as a shepherd. You see, without it being explicit in any Bible verse that said this is why the angels appeared to the shepherds, I think it's obvious. It is so very clear why the Lord said, I'm going to them first, or rather, I'm sending my angels to announce the birth of Jesus to them before anyone else. It's not just because they happened to be there right outside the delivery room, as it were, because they were nearby. And it's not just because they themselves, as sinners, would personally benefit from it, though it's true that they would. It does say that it's good news for them. But rather, it's because they were themselves, at that moment, doing the work which Jesus was being born into this world to do himself. Call it a professional courtesy, if you will. 
One shepherd makes sure the other shepherds are taken care of. God had come into the world that Christmas night to be a shepherd to his people Israel and indeed to the whole world, to all who would believe in him. The shepherd, David's son, shepherd's son, had arrived. And so, who better to tell first than those shepherds outside of Bethlehem? So tonight I exhort you, join in that shepherd's chorus. Those shepherds, their chorus. Maybe they sang with the angels, maybe they didn't. But they did go on to tell everybody what had happened. The news had been told to them. They went as quickly as they could to the manger where the angel said, and they worshipped the newborn king, their good shepherd, lying there before his mother. Come with them and worship your Lord, your God, and your king. And when the dawn comes in a few short hours, come again to hear where your shepherd comes to you to feed you, to care for you, to protect you, to lay you down in his green pastures. Amen.
in peace. Let us pray to the Lord have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. For Pastor Minton, President Moore, and President Harrison, for all pastors in Christ, for all servants of the church, and for all the people, let us pray to the Lord. For Governor Pritzker and President Biden, for all public servants, for the government and those who protect us, that they may be upheld and strengthened in every good deed, let us pray to the Lord. For those who work to bring peace, justice, health, and protection in this and every place, let us pray to the Lord. For those who bring offerings, those who do good works in this congregation, those who toil, those who sing, and all the people here present who await from the Lord great and abundant mercy, let us pray to the Lord. For favorable weather, for an abundance of the fruits of the earth, and for peaceful times, let us pray to the Lord. For our deliverance from all affliction, wrath, danger, and need, let us pray to the Lord. For the lonely, the sorrowful, those who are ill, those who are injured, those who are recovering, let us pray to the Lord. For the faithful who have gone before us and are with Christ, let us give thanks to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Rejoicing in the fellowship of all the saints, let us commend ourselves, one another, and our whole life to Christ our Lord. Let us pray. On the eve of your nativity, dear Savior, we come to you with the earnest prayer so to rule our hearts and souls that we may celebrate Christmas in a manner pleasing to you and profitable to our own Christian lives. Fill our hearts with the genuine spirit of Christmas, which rejoices in the redemption from sin, the pardon of all iniquities, and the life eternal offered to all men at your manger. Let the significance of Christmas never be dwarfed 
by the manifold activities of the festive season, nor the worries and perplexing cares rob us of, the, of our Christmas joy. You, our light and our salvation, have come to us in yonder manger. Whom then shall we fear? Lord Jesus, our Savior and our God, you have given yourself for us to cleanse us from all iniquity. Grant that standing at your lowly bed, we may ever look forward to your glorious appearing on that day when you will take all believers to the everlasting Christmas joy in our Father's home, where you live and reign with him and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. O God, who has made this most holy night to shine with the brightness of the true light, grant we beseech you that as we have known on earth the mysteries of that light, we may also come to the fullness of its joys in heaven. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Lord God, our Father, you kept Abraham and Sarah in safety throughout the days of their pilgrimage. You led the children of Israel through the midst of the sea, and by a star, you led the wise men to the child Jesus. Protect and guide now all who travel, make their ways safe and their homecomings joyful, and bring us at last to our heavenly home, where you dwell in glory with your Son and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. O God, from whom all holy desires and all good counsels and all just works do proceed, give unto your servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended by you from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you.